When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. It's been nine months and finally the big day has arrived. Your beautiful baby girl is born into the world. Everyone's so excited to meet her for the first time. She's so pretty. Baby gifts with pink shoes, little dresses, and cute stuffed animals rain from the sky. A little pink bunny for a little cute girl. Then come the milestones. She says her first words, takes her first steps. Soon, it's the first day of school. She learns to read, learns to write. You teach her to look both ways before crossing a road, how to ride a bike, and wipe her tears away when she's having a bad day. It's okay, chicken. As she grows, it becomes more about sleepovers with friends, weekend sport, and then after a couple of years of high school, you're driving along to a lovely holiday spot when suddenly she says, So, I think I'm transgender. What the f- <laughs> Okay, that's probably not exactly what she said, but I'm pretty sure that's what my mum was thinking. Kia ora, I'm Joseph Stockhausen, and this is a podcast where I take you on a journey that both my mum and I travelled after I first came out as transgender. We'll be meeting all the people who helped us along the way, as well as other parents who are on the same journey. So if you're a friend, family or whānau member, or just interested in this whole trans thing, then this guide is yours. If you're at that place of freaking out because your child has come out to you and rapidly declining into a spiral of Google searches, just pause the screen tapping and listen. It's still me, nothing's changed. Just little parts of me are rearranged. I'm still here, so are you. We've got so much growing left to do. This is more than just a kid and a parent. Let's be transparent. Welcome to Let's Be Transparent. When I'm not making podcasts, I'm studying to be a pastry chef. So what's a young trans guy who fluffs around with cakes and pastries all day doing talking about families in transition? Well, I'm really only half of it. Later on, you'll meet my mum and go on a ride with us as we discuss the various perceptions of our relationship throughout my transition with complete transparency. This week, we're coming out, literally, and talking to someone really special. Joe, Joe, uh, why are you in the closet? For comedic effect, Ma. Oh, are you doing your podcast? Are you talking about how awesome I am? No, I, I haven't even finished the intro yet. Well, that's long enough. Can you just wait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Your sister's getting grumpy. Let me know when you want to leave. That was my mum, Pauline Stockhausen. She's going to be popping up at the end of each episode, but enough about her. 
first of all, I'm kind of new to this whole talking to parents about being trans thing. It was hard enough to do the first time. So to kick things off, I thought I'll talk to someone who has a bit more experience. The chair of the board has today told me that I should refrain from using fruitful language. But in order for me to be my true and authentic self, <laughs> I don't know whether I can commit to that. Kia ora, I'm Mary Haddock Staniland. Born in Taranaki, grew up, most of my life was spent in Matamata, in the Waikato. And then we moved to Auckland uh, in my early teens. And I work in a technology company. A transgender woman wants other clothing retailers to start offering gender-neutral changing rooms. Mary Haddock Staniland claims staff at a farmer's store ridiculed her when she went to try on shorts. The company's now adopted gender-neutral facilities and she hopes it catches on. So born in a relatively normal, I would say, in the early 80s family, I've got an identical twin, or at least had an identical twin. We're not identical twins anymore. And grew up... Uh, with my family not really understanding who and what and where and how to do with my uh, gender and who I wanted to be in the world. Um, as I have continued to grow and develop and understand more and more over the years, um, I've, I've, I've ended up in the space, uh, you know, understanding what an, an equitable environment looks like and how we can cultivate and harness a more diverse and inclusive uh, corporate New Zealand. I suppose it's almost easier to talk about this now because there are other conversations around the topic of gender going on. For so long the majority of people never had to talk about how gendered their lives were. We just lived it. Exactly and I think actually so much can be said about people who want to champion change and get out and shake the tree and what I also like to term up as being disruptors. Now there's two dimensions of that as far as I'm concerned. Being a disruptor with the dialogue is one thing, but having substantiated facts, just calling out the fact that this is wrong and that's wrong and we've got to do this and we've got to do that and the world is wrong and the world is this and the world is that. People have been institutionalised in the way we think. And we know, I would like to think, that when we do this work well and we understand the importance of a diverse and inclusive culture, we do well because of it. We've got a lot of unwrapping to do. There's a lot of stuff that's been said and done over many, many years that's historic and relates to stuff that has I've had no influence over and neither have you or anyone else we know. But it is what it is. Setting wrongs right is a good thing. In a, in a role I once had, I was in touch with a lot of senior uh, government agency chief executives and their executive teams around how to navigate these conversations. By the best intentions, they want to do the right thing, but they're often scared. They don't want to say the wrong thing and act in the wrong way. So if we're not going to be there to educate them and encourage them, it's the same with parents. If we aren't going to do that with parents who are struggling with the reality of what's ahead of them and slap their wrists or not give them what they need, uh, then who's at fault? You know, it's energy draining and it takes time. But, you know, funny enough... Uh, the approach I believe parents should take when dealing with these challenges is just about the same for every area I talk to. You know, don't judge, 
don't impose your thoughts and values, support and facilitate healthy and wealthy conversations, answer questions with fact. You know, I think that's the other thing that people get sworn off, that people make it up as they go, which, you know, love the passion and zest, but that actually doesn't serve anyone. And, and be there, you know, for the journey of the child and remembering actually also, most importantly, that it's their journey, it's your journey as a family unit. It's not for you to be wanting to be like Caitlyn Jenner or wanting to be like me or you or anyone else. It hasn't all been advocacy for Mary. Her wedding was in the Women's Day. She was even on a reality series called Ladies of NZ. Well, I just need to have some time on my own. I'm getting very irritated. I'm getting irritated by her immaturity, which is starting to really so instead of sitting there and ripping her a new one, it's probably best that I just have five minutes away. So Mary, I know that you've attracted a lot of attention over the years and that some of those have been parents of trans kids. Can you tell us what they wanted to know and what you told them? I've had a lot of folks come to me over the years around just how to navigate, how to have a conversation. What are they, what, what you know, often parents know like the what and the why, but they just need to understand the how. And, you know, I need to say that I'm not I'm not the queen of all things to do with navigating this. My story is my journey. But I've helped support a number of parents um, who have children who have either questioned their gender um, or want to consider transitioning. My number one go-to that I advise parents who are talking to this topic or having children come to them to want to understand more is just sit and listen and be present with a conversation that I suppose is difficult because there's, there's a lot that's said and out there, but how much of it is real life and actual facts that you can implement in your home today if you are a parent that has a child that comes to you and says they no longer want to be in the body they were born in. And so I've, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people over the years that um, I've not been able to give PhD advice is what I reference that to, but lived experience that has helped me get to where I am. Mary put into words something that I now realise would have helped Ma and I all those years ago. It wasn't just her that needed to listen to my experience in all of this, but the other way around. I needed to listen to Ma's experience. And I wouldn't for a moment say that I'm a role model, uh, especially if you see me out on Ponsonby Road of an evening, um, that you follow the footsteps of, but learn from the hard knocks that I've taken and the lessons that I've learnt and uh, try not to let that happen in your family. The journeys that folks are on today is very different to what it was on for me 30 years ago. You're right on the front lines of a lot of structural change in the professional world. What do you think the future looks like for transgender people? The world today in 2021 and, up and beyond is so much more accepting. While I, you know, we've got a long way to go, it's a lot better than what it was and it is only getting better. Mary's right. There is support out there. Our community has been doing a lot of mahi. But sometimes for families in Fano, that bridge to the support can be the hardest to get to. That is why I wanted to make this podcast and talk to people who can make sense of this. 
not just for me, but for all of you listening as well. And I guess that brings us to a pretty important part of this whole story. And that's who I am and how I came out. So I discovered I was trans purely by accident. I didn't even know what was going on. I just knew something was very, very wrong and it was attributed to body image issues. I didn't know what else was was really there, was connected. I had I had no idea what it was about. I was so confused. And it really started when I was in year nine. Funnily enough, that was one of my best years as a teenager because I was in sport. I had a lot of friends. I was doing very well socially. All of my female peers were they were changing because I was a tomboy, so I never wore skirts. And the first time I wore a skirt was actually at my intermediate to college school. I remember going out and like having a lot of fun with my friends, but then coming back home and then just like bursting into tears and very confused because I had no idea what, like, where they came from. I had no idea why this was happening in, in year 10 when I was 15. That's when the good side kind of uh, outbalanced and I was having the more sort of depressed and very anxious feelings. And then what I did was isolate myself from school and from my friends for quite a while. Like the realisation of trans doesn't like hit you. It's like this very slow process that, that there's many different parts of and I didn't even know what it was to be a girl and then that led to the question well then what is it to be a guy i can't even say what what led to it but i just know that the first time i saw the word transgender i was like oh crap that's it (laughs) um... so when i told my mum and when i decided that i was going to tell her that i was trans i made the smart decision that, that kids always do So I had waited until we were in the car together and we were alone. We were heading we were heading to a family vacation spot where my grandparents were camping. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna have to do it. And I waited the whole trip, the whole drive, until the last five minutes that we were in the car because I thought, oh well, the awkward silence won't be good. I just wanna tell her and then leave. I waited until like she was about to park the car and I was like, hey mum. She just said, okay. <laughs> I didn't even realise till that moment how, how much I was hoping that she would give me a little more than okay. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what I was hoping for. I immediately just felt disappointment. I had imagined in my head these two scenarios of extreme rejection or extreme acceptance and then we were somewhere in the middle and the worst part was that while I was telling her I was trans I was actually in a skirt which is the worst thing to do because like she just looked at me she's like what like she was so confused coming out of the coming out you know the day the day of coming out the week of coming out um into the month Nothing was happening. My mum wasn't talking to me about it. 
And when she did, I felt like she was coming from a place of, of ignorance. And that made me very uncomfortable. It made me very angry. And then I'd always assumed that she would be knowing of what to do because I had no idea what to do. And she had always been the person that knew what to do in, in the situations. Um, so I found myself having to lead her through this journey and I did it amazingly horribly um, to the point where <laughs> we, we, we didn't talk about me being trans and we didn't talk about where she was at. She, she got very angry with me and she said, you know, I'm, I'm mourning here. And I was so angry about it. I felt as though she couldn't see me as the person I really was. She saw me as the little girl that she always had to take care of. This period after I came out was a time in both of me and my mum's lives where we didn't talk to each other very much, even though we lived in the same house. It took a long time to get to where we used to be, um, to a place where we could actually communicate genuinely and not not be angry with each other's reactions. A, a lot of that is to do with... I had gotten the confirmation that I could be on testosterone, but there was a shortage in New Zealand, so I wouldn't actually be able to get onto testosterone um, and start, start my hormone replacement therapy. She was calling up pharmacies and, like, head offices, like, where is this testosterone? Like, my, you know, like, my son needs it. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, damn, like, I cried. I was in the car and I was, like, starting to cry because I was like, oh, man, like, she accepts me. When I started to see her as, as my advocate, um, and she started to see the, the systems that were in place and for our medical system for me to transition. She, rea she reacted like the warrior mum, like how trans people see acceptance in their family members and, and in the people that, that are around them is by the action of acceptance. You could still be struggling with understanding what trans is or understanding what, what it means understanding that you're going to accept your kid, so how do you show them? For us, the car is the place we have all of the important conversations. It's where Ma taught me about being a little girl, and I taught Ma about being a little boy. I really love the conversations I have with Ma these days. It took us a long time to get to this point, but nowadays we both find it helps us make sense of the trans world we're both navigating. All right, let's go. <gasps> Finally! Should I bring snacks? Nah, we'll grab coffee. And you're recording? Yeah. I'm recording. Hang on, I'm just going to get out of the driveway. That's the most tedious part of this um. Without scraping, without scraping my bumper. No, it didn't uh, succeed. Yeah. So during our, during my interview with Mary, mm. she mentioned something that really stuck with me, which was, um, you know, just telling people to be present in a conversation. And she was telling parents to be present in a conversation, but it really, you know, it stuck with me because I was always in my head in my transition but I was never thinking about what was going on for you and how how it was for you. Um, so I want us to talk about your perspective of my coming out, essentially, and, and how I came out to you and what was in your head. I think 
you coming out was one it was a shock for me because I was like there was no sort of indications to obvious indications that there was something wrong that you were unhappy I knew you were struggling with stuff but I just thought that it was teenage stuff um and so when you came out firstly I didn't understand what transgender was so I thought that you know I had done quite a good job because I was like well look I don't understand that let me go away and research it and I'll come back to you because I had no idea what being a transgender person was I had a vague understanding I mean I think the image that came to my head was um this movie where a man dresses up as a woman I think that's the only reference I had so I really was coming at it from blind and I mean I remember when you came out you know we're in the car and I was screaming in my head going okay this is the moment where you have to be awesome you cannot f this up okay listen you know what is she saying oh my god I don't know what that is okay be calm be calm okay what are you gonna say you know and I remember that sort of conversation going in my head and trying really hard not to be you know you hear all those stories about the terrible coming out stories and I was like I, this was not going to be our story we were gonna you know it was gonna be awesome and I was gonna be great and so you know for me to hear that you felt um, that it wasn't such a good coming out story like you felt ho-hum about it whereas I came away going good job yes tick 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 awesome work nailed it <laughs> you nailed it you know so it was interesting how we both have you know different perspectives of that you know yeah I guess I just wanted I just wanted like reassurance and like you know like you're gonna be you're gonna be good you're gonna be okay this this isn't going to be something huge for us because I just wanted it to be normal well, I mean, I thought I did say that, you know. Whatever it is, we'll work through it and we'll do it together. So, that obviously, did you out. didn't feel that that was enough, you know. Or well, maybe I just implied, thought, you know, implied it because I thought, well, you know, we, it was us against the world, so why wouldn't that be, you know, think, obvious? Yeah. It was also because I was still figuring it all out on my end. Mm. You know, I I didn't know if I wanted surgeries yet. I knew I, I was having dysphoria and I was very uncomfortable in my body and that something had to give. But I didn't have like a plan. I, I had no idea where, where to go or who to talk to or, mm. you know. But that's the thing, you know. You came out and you were so further ahead in the journey. You know, like think of it as a marathon. You were at the end of the marathon, but you had just let me in and I was at the beginning of the marathon. So you wanted all this movement change and 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 I was still wrapping around my head as in what what's transgender? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, so I was at the beginning of the journey where you were at the end and that's where you know, we did butt heads a little bit because you wanted all these things to happen and you wanted to happen straight away. And I was still very much um, in the, 
what is transgender? What does that mean? What, mm. what you know? And I constantly try to find resources for you that that wouldn't like scare you in any way. But I don't think I actually showed you anything no. because I was just scared of how you would react and if you would even take you know that those advice you know that advice or if you would just if you if your responses became negative I, I wasn't ready for that so I think on my end as well I didn't want the conflict so I told you the bare minimum and wanted you to sort of figure it out you know there was a lot for me to wrap my head around and it was I was never like this is not an okay thing I was like okay what is the safest and best way to transition you without um you know causing upheaval in our family I didn't know how our family would react how was it going to go in schools you know there was a lot of external factors as well that I was thinking about what's the safest way um how do I get advice for you um and that's what this podcast is all about right because I was so uneducated I had no idea no one I wasn't taught this in schools I had no idea I didn't even I remember very clearly having that conversation about gender with you that I just couldn't grab the concept of gender and sex and how those two things are different remember that that was another car conversation was it yeah I think you know you talked about in the podcast that you know there was a lot we didn't talk about in those times and you found like we weren't talking but the thing is I was talking to everyone else to try and figure out you know um everything so how it was in my head and you know talking through you know what the right steps were when I came out to everyone and I was starting to use these male pronouns and the, the name that I had chosen then which was Bryn every time someone and I know this is irrational but every time someone didn't use those pronouns and went back to she her it was like just being cut down mm. and it felt and it felt worse coming from you and, and, and in the home and I understand now that, that that is irrational because it is it's happened you know and someone has to get into the mindset of doing that all the time but oh you would get really angry that was the that was, that's like the angriest I've ever gotten yeah honest, and yeah you would get angry when your friends would make mistakes and then you got really angry when I made mistakes and I let it slide for a while I let, I let you have your anger and then one day you got really angry and I lost it because I'd been trying so hard I'd been practicing every day in the mirror and then just every now and again I'd slip up and I that's when I was like you need to give me a break I am working my hardest I you know, you've been Brianna to me for 15 years, she and her for 15 years, and you're asking me to change my language within weeks, and it's hard. It's really hard to do. Some people can do it. For me, I found it really hard, so I had to practice every morning. You know, him, Joe, him, Bryn, you know, he, all the time. Practice, practice, practice. I didn't know you were doing that. No. I didn't I didn't see the progress. And I mean now I I'm like, oh god, I acted that way. Um 
but I guess all I could see was the instant rejection and all I all I felt was the anger in the moment yeah but it's not like I didn't correct myself you know I would say sorry and then say him or he wasn't like I was blatantly doing it no I, I understand that yeah. I, I understand that now there was just all this other stuff that I was thinking about it wasn't just the fact that you were transitioning how can we do it at school and what was your school going to say you know I'd already come across you know articles of some transgender students in other schools who had had a really hard time and I was trying to figure out how we can do it in a way that you would have none of that yeah so I was thinking of the long I wasn't thinking about now I was thinking about you know the future you know how we were gonna do it what my parents gonna say um I was a little worried about them but they surprised me the most they were just like huh cool let's go to pride yeah let's go to pride yeah which is really awesome yeah I love that my mum has made such an effort with everything to do with me over the past few years She knew exactly nothing about being transgender before I came out to her, but she didn't resist it out of fear or the unknown. In so many ways, we've learned together, and like she said, it'll make us stronger. Coming up on the next episode of Let's Be Transparent, we're going to Rainbow Youth and talking to two youth workers about the first steps of the transition process. This is more than just a kid and a parent. Let's be transparent. A big thanks to today's guest, Mary Haddock Stanieland, she, her. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our first episode. If you've got any questions or want more information on anything you've heard, we've put together a whole list of resources from each episode on our website, transparentpodcast.nz. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd be really grateful if you gave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's Be Transparent was created and presented by me, Joseph Stockhausen, he, him, and my mum, Pauline Stockhausen, she, her. Our theme song was written and performed by Maxwell Apps, they, them. The executive producer was Tim Watkin, he, him. This podcast was produced and made by the team at Motuehe Group for Radio New Zealand. Also a huge thanks to Radio New Zealand's Liz Garten for her awesome advice putting this all together.